is Paige and welcome back to the So Rude Podcast. I am so excited to be bringing you a really special guest today, Hiram Yarbrough, also known in the social media world as Skincare by Hiram. Hiram is passionate about teaching you about skincare. His goal is to make you feel most confident in your body. As a disclaimer on Hiram's social media pages, he mentions that he is a skincare specialist facilitating skin consultations daily. He is not, however, a dermatologist or a licensed esthetician. He does his best to research ingredients, products, and skincare strategies from a scientifically justified standpoint. As with every product, just because it works for him doesn't mean it works for you. He spreads positivity and helpful knowledge everywhere he goes. Hiram, thank you so much for coming on the So Rude Podcast. I am so excited to have you. Of course. Thank you for that introduction. That was so sweet. I am happy to be here, happy to be a part, and love what you're doing. I am so excited to have you here. I know I did a little bit of an introduction about you, but I thought I'd give you a chance to introduce yourself and kind of what you do on the social media world in skincare. Yeah, definitely. So yes, my name is Hiram. I am a skincare content creator, I like to call myself. My goal is to essentially make skincare as accessible and easy to understand as possible. When I first entered the space, it felt extremely confusing to me and to others. And I wanted just to be able to provide like uh, entertaining but informative way of spreading skincare information. And yeah, it's been a wild ride, a crazy journey. And I'm so happy to see that, you know, people are engaging with my videos. And most importantly, more than anything else, taking care of their skin and not making the same mistakes that I made uh, back when I didn't know much about skincare or when I was first entering the skincare space. So yeah, it's a fun, amazing and inspiring process of being able to help others in that way. And if anything, it speaks volumes that so many people are tuning in because we're all confused as well. You walk into a store, (laughs) you're confronted with all these things on the shelf and it's like, how do you know to even make the best decision for you? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's extremely intimidating. I mean, that's one of the reasons I started my channel because, you know, walking into Sephora for the first time and just seeing thousands upon thousands of products and, you know, expecting to know like which one to choose is is a lot to expect of a consumer at the, the beginning stages of whether it be makeup or skincare. And then with skincare, you have this extended you know, understanding of ingredients and effectiveness beyond the instant results of coverage or, you know, opacity like you do with makeup. And yeah, it's extremely confusing and very intimidating. And I, I don't blame a lot of people for not even wanting to enter the space. But it's really cool because when I started my channel, my my goal was never to be like this extremely educated, very professional person talking about skincare and being the most you know educational source at all. My intent was really just to make it easier for people to start understanding skincare and just to not make it as scary. <laughs> and, and it's been cool to see that happen. I'm really grateful that people are positively responding in that way. So on your social media channel, you share that you currently live in Hawaii. Are you from Hawaii originally? Yeah, so um, I do live in Hawaii. I did not grow up here. I actually grew up on a cattle ranch in Arizona, out in the middle of the country. So as a, you know, country boy. And um, (laughs) I moved here (laughs) about five years ago. And um, I didn't expect to be here long. I always grew up saying like, I'm never going to live in one place longer than two years. But I think that's just because where I grew up was pretty miserable for me and I didn't realize how much I would actually like fall in love with Hawaii and I've stayed here ever since just because I've traveled other places considered moving other places but I've just never found quite a place that provides as much peace and just natural beauty as it does here and so I'm very very happy to live here. 
When you moved, did you just like pick up, pack a bag and hop on a plane? Did you know anyone there? Pretty much. So I had never been to Hawaii before. It was my first time I went by myself. Um, I think I was 18. And yeah, it was a really last minute decision. Originally, I was going to be an English teacher in the Middle East in Jordan. Um, but when that happened, uh, right about a month before I was going to go, the city I was going to, there was a bunch of air raids and just a lot, a lot of stuff, just like domino effect had happened. Thankfully, the region is really stable now. But back then, I just really didn't know what was going to happen. And I thought, you know, maybe it'd be a good idea um, to find an alternative plan. And last minute, I decided to move to Hawaii and just relocated here. And it was, I mean, it was very difficult at first. It was extremely hard, uh, you know, moving someplace that you've never been on your own, starting over, not knowing anyone there is really scary, but oh my gosh, it was so needed. And I think really the, I, I call Hawaii my place of refuge because it really was providing me a space where I could heal and just develop who I am and really come to terms with like, you know, who I am as a person and, and so much growth. And it's just been such a beautiful journey. That is so crazy. I live in Delaware. I was born in Delaware, nice. went to school in Delaware, live in Delaware. <laughs> I'm like the exact opposite. I've been here yeah. my whole life. And I keep saying <laughs> one day I want to like explore and, and move out. Yeah. So maybe you're giving everyone some inspiration to just make that plan. <laughs> That's cool. Well, hey, Delaware seems really cool. I do want to visit at some point. Um, I've heard like in, in some of the cities, the food scene is amazing, but I have no idea. <laughs> I yeah. want to visit at some point. Well, if you're ever heading this way, let me know. I'll be sure to give you some good recommendations. Yeah, I would <laughs> love that. Thank you. <laughs> of course. So I first found you on TikTok, where you have okay. a whopping 6.1 million followers as of earlier today, which will probably be much larger <laughs> when this episode goes live. <laughs> then I found you had a YouTube channel, which you also have over 3 million followers. What has that been like with such a great response to your content? Oh my gosh, it has been like mind-blowingly unexpected and very, very fast. <laughs> you know, it's it's been incredible, particularly TikTok. You know, YouTube, I started posting back in 2017. I didn't really take it seriously until 2019. Um, it just really was just a passive thing for, for the majority of the time. But, you know, YouTube has always been kind of my space where I feel like my personality is most authentically communicated and really like kind of like my comfortable space. And, you know, the growth on YouTube has just been absolutely mind blowing. But even further than that, on TikTok has really left me just scratching my head. Um, because I, I started TikTok uh, in March. And you know, it was when I started posting consistently and I just did it because I was like, mm, you know, I'm just going to try this out. I, I don't really know if it's my thing, but I'll try it out, see if I like it. Maybe if anything, people will come over to YouTube and start watching videos. <laughs> Following and you there. Just, yeah, yeah. That's honestly what I thought across promoting platforms. And I never expected it for it to just blow up. And while I can see a little bit, you know, uh, as unexpected as a lot of this is, there is a lot of strategy that goes on behind the scenes to, you know, kind of, put yourself in a position to where luck will be on your side. And I, I definitely felt that at play for YouTube, but TikTok was just like 
okay, I have absolutely no idea. Why are people following me? I'm scratching my head. (laughs) Well, I have an idea of why I think everyone's following you. My background (laughs) is in health. Um, My podcast talks a lot about health, career, and lifestyle. And I think the biggest barrier to health is just understanding information to make a behavior change. And with you sharing these really short, easy to understand clips of skincare, it kind of breaks that barrier for people and people feel more accessible to the content you're sharing because it's not a 30 page research paper and mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's something easily digestible well especially thank you. I, on mean, the couch. I, <laughs> I mean i appreciate that i think that's one of the incredible things about tiktok is that it has democratized such complex information which is why you see so many nurses mds dermatologists dentists you know so many people just sharing little bits of information that are so helpful for a lot of people who traditionally wouldn't have access to those you know professional resources but you hit the nail on the head for exactly why i started my youtube channel when i started you know learning about ingredients i you know, I was looking online trying to find information about these ingredients. And the only thing I could really come across was really complex studies and chemistry papers and essentially dissertations of information that were just so difficult to pick apart. And, you know, for me, I was like, at that point, I had started really pursuing skincare educations. And it was my passion. And I was like, you know, if I'm having a difficulty understanding this information. How can we expect consumers to understand that? And in my opinion, companies traditionally have used that to their advantage, capitalize off of um, consumer ignorance, because with makeup, you have the advantage of being able to instantly swatch product, see if, you know, the pigment good is, if it's not, you try it once you figure out. Skincare is much more time investing. Um, It's all about trying it for a certain amount of time to see if it's really going to work. And the only way you'd be able to understand pretty quickly is if you had knowledge of the ingredients. And I think traditionally brands have, you know, used the complexity surrounding skincare to almost intimidate consumers to purchase their products so that the customers have to try it out. And then a lot of times realize at the end of the run that it's not effective for their skin. So for me, I was, I really wanted to create content that would make it easier for when people go to the store, they can look for, you know, call out ingredients that could be, you know, potentially irritating. And then other ingredients where they're like, Ooh, you know, I really, you know, I really like that ingredient and have just a little bit more direction um, when purchasing a product, a little bit more, you know, control. Yeah. I love that. I never even thought about how when you walk into a makeup store, you can, well, maybe not right now, but you can try products in the store and know right away, like, that's not my color. That Mm -hmm. didn't sit well with me. Um, But you're right. People just kind of like blindly choose. Maybe their friend made a recommendation and they just run with it because they bought a bottle this big and it lasts three months, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And considering the price point of skincare, which a lot of times is more expensive than makeup, it's just companies are you know, profiting so much. And even thankfully what I've seen in an industry shift over the past three years, as opposed to when I was first into skincare, like even just the ingredient disclosure on the back of the labels would be complex Latin terms for these ingredients, as opposed to what you see now, thankfully is like, they'll put in parentheses, Camellia sinensis, which is green tea, you know, um, oh, wow. <laughs> they'll, they'll put like green tea in parentheses. And even some brands will put like the function of each ingredient, which is really beneficial because it helps educate the customer. But when I first entered the space three years ago, it was like so hard to find brands that even just put a parentheses or even disclose the ingredient list on their website. So, you know, the industry is thankfully, thankfully changing. But yeah, it's a lot of information to consume. So, uh, you know, the easiest I can make it to understand that the, the more I hope I can help people. 
You were just talking about when you were first getting involved in this space. I'm just curious to pick your brain. When you were first setting out, is it because you saw that there was such an absence of this information and you thought to yourself, you know, I could, I could really make a lane for myself here. I can really grow mm -hmm. with this. Or was it more of um, a surprise with how much reaction was coming your way? Ooh, so, you know, initially it took me a long time to grow mostly because I wasn't posting consistently and I wasn't taking it super seriously because I was posting like once every two weeks to once every month. But from the end of 2017 until um, the end of 2018, to give you perspective, 2019, January, I was at 2000 followers on YouTube. So over the course of like whatever it was like a year, um, a year and a half, um, I had only gotten 2000 followers. So it was, it was a slow growth. And so it definitely wasn't because of like this instantaneous reaction I was seeing from people who were interested in skincare. It really was because I was just finding it so difficult to have easy to understand information. Like I started making videos and then shortly afterwards I started looking into the YouTube space and I did see like a few YouTubers like Dr. Dre, for example, was one I discovered. She's a board certified dermatologist and her videos are incredible, but they're very dense and they're very complex and really focused towards people who are, you know, interested in furthering their skincare information, which was particularly beneficial to me, but someone who doesn't even understand like how do I moisturize? How do I cleanse my skin? Definitely not the type of content for them. So I did see a void, you know, a space in the industry to where I was like, ooh, and wanted to fill that. And I will say initially it was really strategic. And then I kept basically pushing on just because I really enjoyed it. But initially I did see that space and I, you know, thought to myself, okay, wow. In my opinion, at that point, I was like, in five years, I see skincare being almost as big or just as big as makeup. Because right now, at that point, three years ago, everyone was into super full coverage, tons of makeup products, like really, really using a lot of makeup. And I was like, at some point, these people are going to start to see aging or they're going to start to see breakouts or reactions from using all of this makeup. And at some point, people are going to realize that maybe you don't want to wear full coverage foundation every single day. You know, maybe right. there are days where you want to just go foundation free and not, you know, feel necessarily self-conscious. And so I projected that the skincare industry was going to do well. And I also saw that in terms of people moving over from makeup to skincare, I just didn't see that there was going to be a smooth flow from makeup to this extremely complex content regarding skincare. And so I kind of saw myself as like a, a segue into the skincare world. And obviously it took a while to like fully understand kind of my vision. I'd say it was the beginning of 2019. It was New Year's Eve that I set a goal for myself. And I was like, I'm going to start posting at least twice a week for the whole year. And I'm going to start taking this really seriously and, you know, really investing my time and energy into this. And that's when I really figured out like, okay, who am I? What am I contributing to this space? How am I really going to define what area I occupy within this space? And, and once I started doing that is when I started to see the growth. And what I really appreciate in your story is that you were so honest with the fact that like, it wasn't an overnight success. People no. <laughs> sometimes see people that have reached a level of success and think, well, they were just lucky or things just, you know, came overnight, but they don't realize that there could be months or even years in your case where you are really trying to figure out your best mechanism that you're going to be able to use. So I just think that that's so refreshing for someone to be honest Aww. about their experience. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of my favorite quotes is the people who see an overnight success rarely see the years of labor that was hidden away beforehand. It's, it's absolutely true. Even though technically, yes, like in some sense, it was an overnight success in the sense that I 
blew up pretty quickly. There was a lot of, you know, work, but I'm so grateful for that because it really allowed myself to really figure out what my content was like, really figure out my online personality, really be able to define what type of content and who I wanted to help. Also, weeded out the initial, I'm going to be a big YouTuber that everyone has, you know, that thought that they have when they start YouTube and then they realize how difficult it was. It allowed me to really figure out, am I just doing this because I I want success or am I doing this because I'm actually passionate about creating videos and doing this? And, you know, I was put to the test and really figured out I am doing this because I just absolutely love it. And even though no one's watching, I'm still going to keep doing it because I love it. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that, for that time. Definitely. And what I am so excited to bring you on the show today is because I'm also really passionate about health, but these areas of health that aren't exactly the traditional physical activity and nutrition, there's Mm -hmm. such a big wider range of health. And I think skincare fits right in that. For people that have never read a skincare article, never, you know, walked in the store, they're using St. Ives, which I know is one of your least favorites. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of tips could you share with someone like that? Yeah. So I'd say first... Skincare is not supposed to be complicated. It's not supposed to be extensive. I always say that starting with one product and then working your way up from there is great. You know, find that one product that you really enjoy using and go from there. And also realize that instantaneous results where you feel like a really dramatic difference on your skin is not always a good thing. (laughs) Scrubs, for example, how smooth your skin feels after scrubs is not usually a good sign. I'd say if you were to start with anything though, start with a sunscreen because sun damage is responsible for 90% of premature aging. And that's a huge percentage, let alone all the other problems that it causes. And so if you can just find a good sunscreen to use every single day, you're taking care of 90% of the issues that you're going to see down the road. And it's really going to help your skin in the long run. But even more than that, the message I'm always sharing is simple is best. All you need is a four-step skincare routine. You don't need any more than that. If you want more products, you're welcome to do that. But all you really need is just a cleanser, a treatment like an exfoliant, a moisturizer, and a sunscreen. And if you have those four basic steps, you're essentially doing everything that's necessary to prevent a lot of the damage that you're going to see down the road. And If we can look at skincare as something just like brushing our teeth, the whole reason we brush our teeth, yes, there's the part of it to where our teeth look white, but it's more so preventing tooth decay that comes in the long run. And you don't see tooth decay instantaneously. It comes after not brushing your teeth for a long period of time. And it's the same thing with skincare. It's preventative. If you do it every single day, you're going to see a lot of these problems down the road completely avoided just by practicing that every single day. And what's so funny in listening to you talk my mom and my grandma and they said they would lay on the beach with literal oil on their skin to like bake you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) and nowadays with the rise of social media and being able to find accessible information people are slowly learning we shouldn't be doing that we should actually try and protect our skin it's the largest organ on our bodies Yeah, which is so important. I mean, one of the pieces of advice that I was told growing up was that if I had a breakout or anything like that, just like go and lay in the sun for a little while because the sun will just heal those pimples right up. It means you need more, you know, sunlight, more vitamin D. 
which is just not true whatsoever. <laughs> um, not that I blame anyone who told me that at all. I didn't really know much about skincare until very, very late in life. So yeah, there's a lot of these misconceptions, but I think so long as we're just curbing the, the most damaging aspects of not taking care of skin or skincare products, for me, that's the most important. And even though there are very specific opinions I have like about fragrance or, or you know, alcohol or different specific ingredients, for me, just the most important thing is just curbing the root of a lot of the issues, which is just either too much sun damage or just going way too harsh on your skin and creating, you know, inflammation and damage in the long run. Yeah. I really read skin. You can't tell right now because I am wearing makeup. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll be at the beach or I'll be out taking a walk and someone will be like, you got to put sunscreen on. You got to get out of the sun. And I just want to be like, mm-hmm. it's my skin. I can't, I can't uh-huh. make it any less red. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. interesting how people feel they can just kind of make comments about people's skin like that oh, just yeah. randomly. That's a whole topic. Not being sensitive to the concerns of other people's skin. It's a very fine line to walk on, and especially as a creator too. You want to be productive and helpful without crossing a line of making negative comments about someone's skin. And I get so confused when people feel the right to make a negative comment about someone else's skin or something <laughs> like that. It's ridiculous. So weird. So a lot of people that tune into this podcast fall into that college, freshly out of college, young demographic, 20 to 30. Now, a lot of these people that may have not started skincare earlier on may be thinking, I'm too late or I, you know, I've missed my opportunity to get in early. I'm a personal believer. It's never too late to start anything that you want to do. I completely agree. (laughs) But I was just curious your opinion. Honestly, you know, for skincare, the sooner you start, the better, but 20 to 30 years old is absolutely not too soon to begin. I mean, for a long time, skincare has <laughs> traditionally back in the mid 1900s to you know 2000s, essentially, it was seen as either something that the Hollywood celebrities would do or that older ladies would do. Older, wealthier ladies who, you know, want to find something to splurge on and they find these fancy creams to help with their skin. And it, it, it's funny because that mindset is still very much a part of the older generation today to where it's like, you don't start taking care of your skin until you see a problem which is completely wrong. Skincare is preventative. Very rarely is it reparative. It's very difficult to repair things deep aging. And so when you start at 20 years old to 30 years old, that is amazing. That is definitely doing a good job. I'd say if you're starting 35 to 40 years old and you've never done skincare before, it's, it's going to be really difficult to get rid of some of those like aging or dark spots that you've experienced before. But 20 to 30, you're well within the timeline of still being able to repair your skin because your skin's regenerative cycle is still very active. Our skin is reproducing skin cells like every 30 days, typically around that age. But as we get older and older, it slows down to 60 days and that damage can be a lot more difficult to get rid of. So absolutely not. I mean, it's never too late. And I always say the sooner you start, the better. And just because you didn't start as a teenager is not a bad thing. For example, when I was in college, I had a really bad fine lines and wrinkles to the point that my friends were coming up to me and telling me like, Hiram, you should you should probably start skincare because you're looking really old. No. That's how bad it was. No one ever believes me when I say that, but I'm like, no, it's like true. Like You have the best skin. Let me just tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I hope that's a sign, you know, and, and my family genetics are very much prone to extreme aging. And I saw a lot of sun damage and through skincare, I was able to really remove the majority of that to where really uh, you only see like expression lines, like my smile lines just a little bit. And that's pretty much it. I got rid of all the forehead ones and everything. So that's a sign that even though I started really late, I was still able to get rid of that. And I think for people in their twenties, definitely a possibility to see the same type of results. 
earlier we had talked about just having a few products, something as simple as a four-step routine can mm -hmm. help people make their way into the skincare world. When I was watching your videos, I really got a sense that you are really passionate and positive and that this should be looked at as something that you can enjoy rather than a task that you have to complete every day. And yeah. so I was just curious, have you ever thought of skincare as being a self-care step that people can do to kind of take care of themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone approaches skincare differently. And my approach is very much, I like to balance it. You know, it likes to be a balance of enjoyment, but also being critical and being very selective about what ingredients I'm in. I would say I venture to be more selective and picky and more ingredient conscious than the majority of customers out there. But yeah, I think it's really important. Like without that aesthetic enjoyment, part of skincare, it'd be really difficult for us to be motivated to do it every single day. I, I don't think it would be enjoyable. And so I do think like there's a sense of enjoyment and treating yourself and that splurge kind of feeling that's very important. And that's why for me, even though, yes, there are products out there that will function completely fine, get you the results you need for $5 a bottle, I'll still spend, you know, a good amount of money on a good skincare product so long as it doesn't have like irritating ingredients. I love to try out new products and innovative formulas and a little bit more expensive things and see how they feel because for me, that enjoyment piece of it is, is really important. I think for me, I, my channel tends to be like a very, like show the most strict side of myself when it comes to skincare because I recognize that my videos are essentially a message to consumers and to brands. And I want people to be able to watch and be able to be aware of everything that could be potentially problematic in their products. And I also want it to be assigned to a brand to say like, hey, here are the ways that I think you can do better. But even within my personal skincare routine, like even though I don't like fragrance, for example, I am not sensitive to fragrance whatsoever. The majority of ingredients that I say can be irritating, I am not sensitive to. I still like to avoid them, but I want my channel to be kind of like a a platform for really being very particular about it. But if you don't enjoy your skincare routine, if, if you don't have that sense of enjoyment, then you either need a new skincare routine or just need, you know, a new approach and philosophy because it definitely should be enjoyable. I, I don't like the approach of it purely being robotic and not enjoyable. <laughs> Some of the products that I know you've talked about on your channel, you've really alerted people that there's harmful ingredients in them. Mm -hmm. In your opinion, do you think companies are ever going to start listening up and removing some of those harmful ingredients to make a switch to a healthier product? Oh yeah, absolutely. Companies respond completely to the needs and the desires of the market. And if they can see that the market is shifting what they want out of a product, if a company doesn't follow suit and fall in line with that, then they're going to die out. That's how companies need to operate. And, you know, for me, I want to use my platform to be a voice for the people who may be kind of overlooked within the skincare space. There's so many people who have so many skincare sensitivities that don't have access to a lot of products. And typically in the past, most skincare out there is very fragranced, has a lot of irritating ingredients and is excluding an entire customer base of people who want to enjoy those products, but can't. And inclusivity is a huge aspect of my channel in the sense that like, I want everyone to be able to experience skincare no matter what. And yes, if there's products and brands out there who, you know, have their own approach and want to have a ton of fragrance and a ton of irritants, that's whatever. But my approach is being able to say like, at least offer alternatives 
for the people that you're also excluding. And so, yeah, that is important to me. And I feel like if I can kind of articulate my personal opinions, that hopefully it can, you know, be one of the very many voices within the industry that can help shift companies in a specific direction. And I think collectively, you know, other content creators and dermatologists online, as well as the most important people, you know, the the people who are watching, if they can start pushing brands to do that, then we absolutely will start to see shifts. It's happened before in the skincare space and it's still happening now. So that's why I have hope. And I, I, Maybe a little bit idealistic, but <laughs> I think the most idealistic people are the ones that, you know, create the most change. So, Because yeah. you dream big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, I have to mention this because this was insane. Okay. A couple of years ago, I went to a dermatologist and she recommended I get the CeraVe face cleanser. Okay. Now, fast forward like three years. And I felt so cool, by the way, when you started recommending this product. I was like, <laughs> I already have it. Like, I'm already yeah, on yes. the ball. <laughs> However, when you started talking about this product, it was mm-hmm. sold out everywhere. You yeah. could not find it at any drugstore. Like, that's <laughs> insane. Like, yeah, was crazy. that crazy? Oh, yeah. It, it's mind-blowing. I mean, I, I want to be... For me, I, I, I saw that happening and I always want to be mindful of like other people who are recommending CeraVe as well because dermatologists have recommended it for a long time. But I think one crazy moment is when CeraVe reached out to me and they were like, you've been the one that's like doing this. I'm like, oh, it is me. Oh, oh you know, <laughs> that's so weird. I, I, I don't know if you could how can you confidently say that, you know, sort of thing. But it is crazy. Even now, CeraVe is sold out here in Hawaii and the majority of people in my comment sections are telling me, oh, it's sold out. I can't find it anywhere. It's really, you know, insane. And, and for me, a pleasant surprise in the sense that on my channel, I'm constantly recommending so many different products, so many different brands. It is not a CeraVe channel. Channel, and yeah. It, yeah, even with my TikTok as well. But the reason I like CeraVe is because they're so supported by dermatologists, non-irritating, and one of the highest quality drugstore brands that you can find. And, you know, on TikTok, for example, the a huge part of the audience on TikTok is teenagers, you know, people who really can't afford to spend a lot of money on skincare. And one message I want to spread, and I think, was a message that was very common in the makeup space and also in the skincare space is that a lot of the brands who could afford to send out PR and, you know, do all of these marketing campaigns and stuff like that were brands that are typically more expensive. And the message, I know when I first entered the cosmetic space, I thought that Sephora was the baseline. I thought they were like the cheapest. I didn't realize that there was like good quality makeup and skincare at a drugstore price point. And I think a lot of people feel exactly the same way when they enter the industry, you know? And so for me, I wanted uh, it by no means is my channel or my TikTok account meant to be CeraVe focused. But for me, I wanted to make sure, like I was talking about before, accessibility and inclusivity is a huge thing. And I don't believe anyone should be excluded from the benefits of skincare purely because of price point. And so when I started recommending that, it just, it blew up. <laughs> like my, my reaction videos where people were using CeraVe really blew up. And I think because everyone recognized it and they knew they could get it at Target or CVS or wherever, it just started flying off the shelves. And I mean, I, I, I don't take full credit for that, but it's been cool seeing how many dermatologists have been reaching out and they'll tell me I had five back-to-back clients today that all watch you, you know, or all use CeraVe because of you. I'm like, that's so amazing. And I am really happy to see that happen because I would so much rather people using non-irritating, really effective and affordable skincare than using really irritating, really damaging and sensitizing skincare. So it's, it's been a cool, it's been a cool journey. 
And even you just sharing, when you first entered the industry, you didn't know that there was more affordable price points. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people also had that mentality, unless I was dropping $50 on this like magic miracle cream. Yes. Like I'm going to be stuck looking aged by 30 and that's just not the case. And so I think it's nice to be able to find really reliable information, like I said, on social media. Another thing Good, you said is when Sarah V reached out, you were kind of like, oh my gosh, what has been another experience where either a person or a brand reached out and you really thought to yourself, you know, I've made it, like I'm doing <laughs> something, you know? Oh man, you know, I, I think one of the first moments, it's so hard to choose which one, but I remember when Carly Kloss, she reached out to me, which she's, you know, been a supermodel for a bunch of huge designer brands. Um, she's you know, very successful, very inspiring person. Um, she reached out and she was like, oh my gosh, I love your videos. Like we have to collaborate when um, you come to New York City. And I did a collaboration video with her and I was sitting next to her. And this was, you know, literally two months after I had hit 50,000, you know, followers. So it was just really quick. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? I'm not in Kansas anymore. Sort of feeling to where it's like, <laughs> what is going on? And I'd say, even another moment, like today, this morning, actually, in a New York Times did a piece on me, a really big piece, which is a huge deal. And I was super scared. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's, it's crazy. I think moments like that, I, I got to be a cover of Washington Post. And I think different moments like that, the, when they've reached out and wanted to do features or stuff are just completely mind-blowing to me because YouTube tends to be its like own space and for a long time has been its own space. You have YouTubers and it didn't really mix much with other industries and I've always considered myself, huh, you know, just a YouTuber. Like I guess now TikToker people are calling me which is so foreign but you know <laughs> I've always considered myself just to be within that space and then when I see traditional people who are from you know Hollywood or traditional media talking about this it it truly blows my mind because I, I realize the the reach and sometimes when you're just in YouTube it feels like oh it's just the two people who just watch you know the very few of us and when those things have happened I'm like oh wow this is truly global it's a huge deal so those are some of the moments but honestly I've kept a bullet journal because every single day something absolutely incredible life-changing even just one of the things that happens every single day if you would have told me that when I was like a kid I literally would have been like, I did something with my life like as a little cattle ranch boy that would have just <laughs> been literally set my entire life <laughs> um and now to see how how many things are happening every single day it's just it's incredible it's it's amazing yeah and even back in just 2017, when you uploaded your first video, to think you're going to be in a feature of New York Times, that's yeah. crazy. That's goals right there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's incredible. And I mean, for me, the most important thing is showing other people that you can do it too. When I, when I entered the YouTube space, I truly thought I was too late. I was like, you know what? There's already huge YouTubers. There's no way I'm going to grow really big. 10,000 you know, is my goal, 10,000 followers at most five years down the road, 100,000. And that's really the extent that I saw myself growing. Um, because I thought it was too late, you know, and that's far from the truth. You know how in Hollywood, there's different movie stars that are popular, and then they go out of popularity and new ones come up and there's new generations. I think it's the exact same thing for YouTube. It's you have new generation of content creators. So for me, I'm just that's why I tell everyone in my life, I'm like, start a YouTube channel, literally just start a YouTube channel. Now is the perfect time. And you know, if I can do it when I felt I was super late, you can do it too, you know, so I hope I hope it's a sign to people to just like, you know, pursue whatever they want to, um, and particularly people who are considering YouTube to just start now, you know?
Yeah, I love that. So I kind of similar with me starting my podcast. I talked about it for so long and I had a roommate (laughs) and I kept saying, Brittany, we got to do this podcast. And she's like, yeah, 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 we'll get to it. And then finally, (laughs) it was honestly COVID. I was sitting at home and I was like, I got the time. I want to do it. I got the time. I'm going to start now. And Mm -hmm. here we are, which is absolutely insane. So I- I love that you're sharing a message of success is not, you know, it's not just certain people Mm -hmm. can grasp it and no one else. Like you can make as much success as you want and it all really comes down to if you want to go for it or not. So I just want to, I love that. (laughs) Oh, well, that's awesome. And congratulations on, you know, starting. I think one of the beautiful things about COVID and how dark and horrible it is, I think has allowed a lot of people to realize the fragility of traditional work jobs and how, kind of soul sucking they can be and how right now is the perfect time to pursue a passion, you know, and to go after something. I mean, for me, I always hated the traditional job market. I, the the first second I got a job when I was, you know, 16 years old, I immediately recognized I hate this and I, I will never ever find a job like this that I will enjoy. And I was always a kid that had 40 different dream jobs and I couldn't choose one because I was like, I just want to do so much, you know? Yeah. And, and so I use that as motivation to create YouTube content to pursue other opportunities as well. How much I disliked my jobs. And I think right now, even here in Hawaii, a third of the population is unemployed. I've talked to so many people I know to where I'm just pursue your passion now, go after something, start creating something. Now is the perfect time, especially now that you recognize how fragile traditional jobs are. So yeah, I think more people need to just throw all their concerns away and just go after it and pursue it. Yeah. And if you can look at somebody else, someone that you look up to and you're like, they did it. Really, the only difference between them and me is that they tried. You know what I mean? Like they went for it. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm just curious. I found you on TikTok. You're on YouTube. Which one do you enjoy making content for more? I will say YouTube. TikTok is super fun because it is so quick. On average, a single YouTube video will take about 10 hours of labor. So it's, it's, you know, it's a lot of work as opposed to a TikTok, which some of my reaction videos, it's literally 30 seconds and, and done. Super fast, you know? So I will say TikTok is fun in the sense that I can just quickly create content and, you know, just be able to try out different things. And it does get to show a little bit of my humor, but I think collectively YouTube shows my entire personality a lot better. I think it can show the balance of me wanting to be informative, but also my goofy personality and entertainment and humor, but also like seriousness. And I feel it's just such a well-rounded, you know, piece of content um, that you can have in a single YouTube video. Whereas TikTok, while really entertaining, is very, is very quick, very short. And sometimes when it comes to a little bit more complex principles around skincare and different things like that, we're talking about products, it's, it's difficult to fit that all into one single TikTok video. And for me, even in my normal YouTube videos, I'll talk about a specific problem. And then I like to, you know, recommend a variety of products at different price points for different concerns. And it just kind of allows a little bit more freedom. I will also say I was typically always attracted to YouTube just because it's the easiest to monetize. And and for me, I was like, if I'm going to be putting a lot of my time into something, I want to make sure that it is helping my business, helping me financially. But the the benefit of TikTok is that you can create content so quickly and it wasn't too much of a huge, huge time commitment, which is why I love TikTok and on YouTube so much and why I'm not as big of a fan of Instagram, for example. (laughs) Instagram's just so hard to get anything yeah. to go viral or just to get any kind of oh, yeah. att- um, audience. It's just really difficult. 
oh my gosh, I will never understand the Instagram algorithm or how it works. I, I just never even bothered. I was like, it's so confusing and it's so saturated. So I'm just going to focus on other platforms. <laughs> yeah. And one thing I did want to mention about skincare before I wanted to also ask you just a few questions about your future goals. Yeah. And maybe it's more of a comment, but I love that you're breaking the barrier for skincare for men. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's really been brought up as much, but I think for men, so much about the beauty industry has been so female focused and they feel intimidated walking into an Ulta or a Sephora and then to ask personal questions like, well, where are you oily? Do you have dry skin? Mm -hmm. That's just so difficult. I think for the gender stereotypes that have been kind of created and maybe Mm -hmm. it's more of just like a kudos to you, but was it important for you? Do you ever think about that? Like, I want to be a voice for men as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was something that was important to me from the beginning. It's been amazing to see how many times I'll be in public and I'll see some huge six foot five construction guy come up to me and he's just like, I know you. And I'm like, I can't think of a single situation where we could have met each other. (laughs) I don't typically like hang out with like, you know, straight you know, super like big football player kind of guys. Workers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but they're just like, oh, I watch you with my girlfriend or I watch you with my life or I got hooked on your videos and seeing how many people. And that was also one thing that was super important to me as well when I started my channel uh, or as I developed my channel, I was like, I don't just want to be a skincare channel. I want to be entertaining to people who aren't even interested in skincare. That was more so my goal rather than to appeal to people who are already interested in skincare. I was like, I want to make my videos as entertaining and enjoyable as possible to watch so that people who really don't like skincare will want to watch my videos or who don't care about skincare will want to watch my videos. And it's so cool seeing how many straight guys watch my videos, people I would never expect to consume my content. And I think it's typically in the past within the makeup world, I think for a lot of more traditional men, it's it's a little bit difficult to watch. Like I do a full coverage face of glam makeup simply because there's not a lot to relate to. And I love watching male makeup YouTubers like Manny MUA was Same. literally the reason, he was one of the primary reasons I like started my channel. But to someone who is not interested in makeup and still is a little bit plagued by the traditional expectations of society, it's it's difficult to like kind of have someone cross the the, the border of being a little bit more open-minded when exposed to that type of content a lot of times. But I've, I've been told my content is a little bit less intimidating or a little bit easier to start consuming. And I, it's cool to see how many guys I've talked to to where they started with my videos, but now they're watching male beauty makeup YouTubers and they think it's really cool. And I'm like, that's amazing. And I see skincare as literally just like brushing your teeth, taking a shower, washing yourself, washing your hair. I see it as exactly the same thing. It should be just normal self-care. And the more I can kind of present that to guys and just say, look, it's not girly. It's not anything like that at all. The better it is. And I think the industry is increasingly becoming more non-gender specific, which I think is incredible and focus more so just on skin health rather than this femininity aspect to it sort of thing, which I think is really beneficial. So yeah, that's something that's so important to me. And I've been so happy to see the after effects and how many guys I have been able to start skincare routines um, because of my videos. It's so, so cool maybe they're not going to start watching someone do a half cut crease, but they can watch someone wash their face. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's just not as relatable, you know, to them. (laughs) Yeah. I saw just recently you launched your merch line. I was just curious, like what kind of other, oh, I love it. I'm wearing blue for you, by the way. I was like, I know he loves blue. (laughs) I love blue. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So is there anything else, any future goals that you want to see yourself accomplish in the future? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, something that has been the most important thing to me, even more so than skincare, as much as I love skincare and it's my passion, my, my true passion has always been um, helping others around the world, philanthropy, easing global issues like poverty, slavery, education, different things like that. The, that has always been like the driving force for what I truly want to do in my life. And the benefit I see to YouTube is being able to have a platform to talk about those issues, give consumers a way to better have an impact on those issues. And I, I really see YouTube as essentially a launch pad for me to pursue further philanthropic opportunities. And so, yeah, that's kind of like the long-term goals and there's stuff that I'm working on and, um, you know, a lot of things that I foresee for the future. But, you know, as as much as I love skincare, I, I to be completely honest, I don't know if it's something that I'm going to do for the rest of my life, like skincare YouTube videos, as much as I love it. I really do see for the rest of my life, though, doing global social good work to ease a lot of the the problems that are happening around the world today. So, you know, there's like so many different things I want to do in that aspect. But in the meantime, I think right now I'm just really focusing on like growing my presence on social media as well. And also just, um, kind of testing the waters within the traditional entertainment world and seeing what kind of opportunities are there. And yeah, just, you know, super exciting opportunities. Yeah, I saw one of your videos where you were talking about a particular makeup brand and they were using some Hawaiian terminology as a way to, mm, and I, yes, yes, yes. at that moment, I was like, mm, I'm, he's doing more than just beauty. He's definitely oh, making his stamp. <laughs> so you. yeah. And so I have two final questions. The first is, what is one message you want people to know about you and your brand? Oh, that's such a, I've never been asked that before. There's so many different things that like come to mind. I would probably say that in terms of the skincare side of my brand, simplicity is key. The simpler, the better, and just as non-intimidating of a concept as possible. I really want that to be skincare for people. But as far as just my overall personal brand, I think mindfulness and kindness is really the key messages that I want to communicate. I hope is seen through not only my skincare content, but also in the way that I talk about sustainability and helping others and hopefully having an impact on other people's confidence and making people smile from watching my videos and then bigger issues like social good things. I really hope that's kind of the message that's communicated to my audience. Yeah. And that's why you came on the So Rude podcast. We're all about, you know, being positive and treating people with kindness. Mm -hmm. I just think that's so important. And it's something that's really missing in our community in so many areas, but then Mm -hmm. also growing because people recognize its importance. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So my last final question, I ask this to every guest on my show. If you could tell your younger self one thing, what would it be? stick with it. (laughs) I guess you could say growing up, I had so many dreams. And I think that was just because the environment that I was in was so negative that I just fantasized about so many future possibilities and, you know, dreams that I wanted for my future. And I was discouraged a lot of times from pursuing those. And, um, but then also I think one of my biggest challenges is that I had so many ideas and there were so many different things I was pursuing, but I'd only work on them for a maximum of like six months before I'm just like, okay, this isn't working. Move on to a new project, move on to something else. And YouTube has been the only thing that I've committed to for a really long time, like years and years and years, just because I was, I enjoyed it so much that I was like, I'll just do it passively. And funny enough, the last thing that I expected to really blow up, (laughs) I totally expected my other business pursuits and my other business projects to be the things that were really going to blow up. But, you know, 
sticking with it, I think is really important. And I, and I think I would have told myself that even if you have the most incredible ideas and super innovative and you're really excited about it, you have to stick with it. <laughs> Stay steady. Don't give up on things so quickly. I guess not give up, but just don't switch to other products or don't spread yourself thin so quickly that you, you know, inevitably stop working on something. I love that. So Hiram, thank you thank so you. much for being on the of Sober course. Podcast. It was such a pleasure learning about your background and all the motivating tips you have for people to really go after their dreams and give it an honest shot because you, you never know what could happen, right? Exactly. You never know. So you may as well try. <laughs> so thank you so much again for being on the show. And, of course. Thank um, you, Paige. Everyone, I'm going to have all Hiram's information listed below, his YouTube channel, his TikTok, Instagram, his merch page. That'll all be in the description. And thank you. I also want to just share, if you're not already, make sure you follow the SoRu podcast on Instagram at SoRu.podcast, Twitter at SoRuPodcast. It's a pleasure sharing information with you guys. I'm so happy that Hiram was on the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And Hiram, thank you so, so, so much again for all your time. Of course. And thank you to everyone who was listening. And thank you for hosting this podcast. You're doing amazing work. Oh, thanks so much. All right. Bye, guys. Have a great day.